Well, hello everyone and welcome to a bonus weekend preview show. It is the last round of the Arsvenskan coming up on Sunday. And of course, with such a big fixture headlining the field, we certainly have to produce something in a huge anticipation of this final round in Arsvenskan. Jonathan, my man, how are you doing? Hi Steve, hi everybody. <clears throat> it's uh, currently quite late at night actually and uh, Steve's persuaded me I'm in the middle of some deadlines for my uh, master's degree but uh, I've taken a break from the books to preview this incredible end to the season on our fence scan and just want to thank all the listeners and, and subscribers for the support and looking forward to discussing what's going to be what's sure to be an exciting end to the season. It certainly is and I think we all kind of a few weeks ago, maybe even a few months ago, we're eyeing up this fixture, which is Malmo against Elfsborg, um, to decide the championship winner of 2024. And Elfsborg have a three-point advantage on Malmo. They've both got the same goal difference as one of my quails actually starts. Hollering, bizarrely, if you can hear that in the background. <laughs> um, but if Malmo win... They're the champions. If Elfsborg draw when they are the champions. So um, what are your thoughts on this fixture, Jonathan? Yeah, well, <clears throat> if your quail does stop, stop, stop flapping away over there. Um, we can't ignore last weekend. We have to really start there. I mean, I don't know if you want to sort of mm. just recap the score. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah, because, I mean, the chain of events were that um, Malmo went to Hecken and lost 4-2. It was a crazy game wasn't it, really? Um, there was an interruption. Hecken, I thought, played really well. Had a great tactic. So Malmo, at the end of the game, they thought they'd blown it. it looked, they thought they'd blown the title because the, all Elfsborg needed to do was beat a Degafor side, a second-bottom Degafor side, which was injury-ravaged, suspension-ravaged. And that's all they needed to do. They couldn't do it. It was a two-all draw. It relegated Degafors in the process. It was a crazy game. There was 15 minutes added on in the second half. Don't know how Elspeth didn't get another goal. Don't know how Degaforce didn't get another goal, actually. And here we are. I mean, and then at the end of that game, Elspeth players sunk to their knees and, and kind of thought, well, they've blown it. Both teams get another chance to do the title this weekend. So, I mean, it was crazy goings on in the penultimate round. Pressure is clearly now a big thing. Um <laughs> it's like where do you start there with those matches last week? It was there was enough content for like half a season. It felt it was incredible. I mean, we haven't had much of a chance to talk about it, but we talked about it on Twitter and Nordic Football. If you follow us on Twitter and um, covered the game live, <clears throat> it was unbelievable. Really, uh, that Elsborg game. I mean, it was a bit of a mad weekend because, as I mentioned, you know, in the middle of doing the NBA and. Um, on the Sunday, I watched the Malmo Hacking game and I was thinking to myself, I need to go to the library and start studying. Um, couldn't even get myself to the library because of the, there was a long stoppage uh, with the Malmo match. You know, uh, obviously, it was sent off, then there was this interruption. I think one of his friends ran onto the pitch. There's all sorts going on in that game. Um, incredible, really. But as you mentioned, and you correctly pointed out, Hacken played really good, some really good football. Um, and then the long stoppage didn't really help and, and Malmo got back into it, but then uh, Hacker managed to get a fourth goal. But the else, after that, I was like, I need to go. I'm going to the library. So I went to the library and I decided to not watch the Elspeth game live. And I thought, I'll come back and I'll watch it. I'll catch it later, basically. And I watched it. And I, honestly, Steve, I could not believe that second half, like what I was witnessing. It was end-to-end. -end, it was up and down. 
Degafors. I've said it all season, Steve. There's something about Degafors. I mean, it's sad to see them go. We'll talk about that probably more, you know, in, in the next episode probably. But I have been thinking that Degafors haven't, their story's not run yet. I felt like there's something and they're going to contribute somewhere in the season. I, I even thought maybe they'll get out of relegation. Um, and yeah, it turned out that they, they've, 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 they've basically put us, lined us up for this incredible finale. Um, by getting a draw against against Elsborg. Elsborg had fluffed the lines, really, let's be honest. 2-1 um, down, they came back. Uh, ironically, Peter Guagis, who's on loan from Malmo, put scored the goals, put Degafors 2-1 up. He's on loan. Hugo Bolin, of course, is on loan from Malmo as well. So they had a few Malmo How players. many times does that happen? I've, that just always seems to happen. Like these loan players. I've seen it loads of times, like sending a team down or helping the, the, loans, the parent club. Loan, maybe. Yeah, so... Um, he uh he he scored a brilliant goal actually. Guagas used to be at Brighton uh, as a, as a youngster under twenty one, moved back to um moved to to um moved to Malmo, and um I really thought that, you know I really I just couldn't believe Elsborg couldn't get it done. I mean, if there's one the fifteen there was fifteen minutes at a time, they got back in it. Then if if one goal if one goal sums if one moment sums up for me it was in the 90, 90th minute or so, two v one Steve they had to win the title. 2v1, they had a 4v2 to win the title. Um, they fluffed their lines. Also, it wasn't even the finish, was it? It was less the, the final pass was often the wrong pass. The decision-making was poor. I've got to be honest, John, one of the things I've noticed in the last probably three months is that Elfsborg are terrible when they're the clear favourite to win the game. They've, they've dropped some weird points. And even the, I mean, they only beat um, Varberg 2-1 a few weeks ago. Like when they've shown strong mentality, for example, when they beat the F core away, when they beat I core at home, it's like when they're really favoured, though, they've struggled mightily with that weight of expectation. Yeah, I don't know if that's a, if that's a question or just you just just a general know. observation of mine. What do you do you think that's a thing? Is that could that be a bit of encouragement for Elfsborg going to Malmo as an underdog now? Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're right in terms of the, the, the pass from Headland, it was. Um, I remember knowing it down, just thinking, how on earth can you mess that up? Um, I mean, Elfsborg have struggled with the forward areas, I think. And I just think, I think that game summed it up, really. They just don't have, like, in my opinion, a, a sort of real clinical striker. Keith Tellin, he's not had an amazing season at Malmo, but at least he's the top scorer in the league. Mal uh, Elfsborg don't really have that. They've got a lot of good attacking midfielders, like so on Dredge, who's left, obviously. Bernhardson, who scored a cracker against the F-Core the week before. Um you know, Perfrick's okay at times, but he's not really a top level, I don't think, sort of goal scorer in that sense. Yeppe Ockles has done really well this season as a forward as well. But um, Sveen Gudjonsson, they just, I think they just lack that kind of cutting edge at the end of it. But yeah, I mean, it could it could encourage Elfsborg. I mean, this game's going to be red hot. They've got 2,000 fans travelling to Malmo for this, apparently. All the away tickets are sold out. Um, I think apparently I read something like 200 buses are travelling uh, from, from Elfsborg to Malmo for this game. Um, Elfsborg haven't won the title since 2012, so this is you know potentially going to be their first title in, in a decade. Uh, and it's the first time, Steve, since 2009, um, that the Elfsvenskan uh, title has gone down to the final day when AIK played EFK Jotoborg and AIK ended up winning the title first against second. Um, so, funnily enough, those two teams are in the relegation trouble and played last week and, and obviously drew, but um. I think Elfsborg, I mean, they're not really underdogs, are they? Because they're the top of the league. So 
the end of the day, I, I don't I don't really know if I would consider they can consider themselves underdogs. I mean, this would be a massive monumental flop. So I think the pressure is on them. It's not as if they they're going away and they know that they have to win. Um, it's Malmo has Malmo Malmo really are the ones in front of their home fans. They're they're kind of more of an underdog, I'd say, to be honest, because obviously if Elsborg get a draw, they, then they win the league. So listen, one thing I'd say is Elsborg have sort of um, shown this season time and time again away from home when they're when they're an underdog, they know how to perform. Um, the Euro Garden away, <clears throat> the Euro Garden away game to me stands out in my mind when they tore apart Euro Garden and Euro Garden are one of the best home teams in the league. So, and let's not forget they beat Malmo three 0 earlier in the season in the home fixture. And they really totally outplayed them. So who knows? It's an experienced team. They've got the likes of Johan Larsson, Niklas Hult. Um, they've been around the block players like that. You know, they've got a really good goalkeeper. Val Marsen has had a good season. Um, they've got a good midfield. I think uh, I think um, Boateng and Baidu should be back. Uh, Baidu obviously missed the game, the last match suspended, which I think was a massive blow for them against Degafors. I think if he played that, they'd have won. Um, I think they really missed him in, the, in that midfield. And... Um, it's all to play for, Steve. Uh, well, when I say favourites for Malmo, I meant, I mean, they're a clear favourite with the bookmakers. Um, best price of 1.79 to, to win this game and therefore to win the title. So in that respect, but I mean, there's pressure on both, uh, like you said. How do you think Elsborg will approach the fixture? Will they just come here and play for the nil-nil and then hope that, uh, you know, hold on for the nil-nil and then Malmo eventually have to go for it and maybe they can pick them off on the break? Or will they... Do you think um, you know early on try to assert some dominance themselves? I think you know what this is one of those games where you know you know it, Steve. End end of season, strange things happen. Mm-hmm. If this was an ordinary game, three games to go or something. I would say maybe they're going to approach it in a defensive mindset, and they'll sort of you know see how it goes. But this this is. <laughs> If there's an early goal in this game, I can see total chaos, to be honest. I can see it being up and down. Um, I really think that this is going to be one of those games for the ages, potentially. I, I feel like we I hope I hope we get an early goal from somewhere um, that can really change it. But I think Elfsborg, they, they tend to sort of, the way they approach these kind of games is they're, they're, they're positionally quite good. There's a really good article, by the way, in The Independent. For those who haven't seen it, we've tweeted it on Twitter at Nordic Footpod. Um just sort of like looking at the the history of the fixture and 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 the managers and stuff, which you know it was rare to get international coverage, isn't it, of Swedish football? So check that out if you can. There's a good article by Lawrence Ustler. Um, I think that they'll approach it as they normally approach it. Jimmy Tellin has come out and sort of said that you know they they're going to approach it in the same way as they do most games, um, and that's going to be with a bit of attacking intent, but with a bit of conservatism as well. Elfsborg are a kind of measured team. They're not an all-out gung-ho attacking side, but at the same time, they're not a team that sits back and defends. They can do a bit of both. They can actually mix it. They're, 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 they're a bit like a middleweight sort of boxer, in my opinion. You know what I mean? They, they, they know how to sort of defend when they need to. They know how to jab when they need to. Very kind of strategic and methodical, I think, the way they play football. Um, maybe that's because they lack, like I say, that aggressive striker where they can really destroy teams. They're not like a hack of. They're like, not like a Deontay Wilder, are they? They go with like the big knockout punch. Um, they, like you say, not necessarily no, but they, you know, they, they, they sort of they, 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 they jab and weave, aren't they? They duck and weave. Mm. Um, they're quite evasive. I think they've, I think they've got the best defensive record in the, in the league, if I'm right in saying, or if not the most uh, clean sheets. I can't remember now off the top of my head. Um, yeah, best defensive record, and 
Um, that's kind of how they've built their success, really. Malmo, of course, for those who don't know, we've got a Scout blog this week out uh, on Scout Huddle blog, our partner's Scout on Sebastian Lanasi. He's going to be a key man for them. Um, and they'll approach it in the same way that Henrik Wiestrom likes to approach it, to, you know, possession-based style, kind of a, more like a jazz band, aren't they, Malmo? Eclectic, players in different positions, people popping up everywhere, Taha Ali, like a Miles Davis sort of, um, you know, one-two on, on the LP. So, um, you know, Ali, Nanasi, uh, Vecchia, although they've stuttered a little bit in recent weeks, um, you know, you know how they're going to play. They're going to come out and they're going to be attacking it. But they're not in amazing form, Malmo. I really don't think they are. Uh, firing in all cylinders you know even even last weekend's result was sort of epitomized really their season to be honest there was spells where they were okay but there's spells where they were really poor um i think we're in for a cracker steven I, I just think like to answer your question i just feel like we've i just feel like we're in for a, you know like the last game of the season it's, mm. it's just wild isn't it mad cat i can see red cards i can see i can goals, see goals galore. Yeah. Like, i can see the managers on the touchline going mad mm. you know you know one of those games where just everything's going on every five minutes I can see flares yeah. all over the place. I can see the game taking two hours to finish. I can see pitch invasion. This will be the last game to finish, unless oh, yeah. there's unless like Gothenburg go down or something. But um, <laughs> it's going to be pitch invasions. Yeah, this will awesome. be you know it's set to finish around sort of you know four p.m. UK time. It's probably more going to be like half four, isn't it? But uh, six, six p.m. in that case. Who deserves the title more, in your opinion? A hard question, but uh, you know we're here for you know this is the last round. Who would who would deserve it more? Do you think? Um, I always say this: whoever wins the title deserves to win it. So I, I can't even I can't even comment on that because it's so even. <laughs> um, there will, I you know, I would say that right now Elspeth deserve it because they're they're ahead. But if they if they if they bottle this game as well as bottling the Daggerfalls game then I would say that um, they don't deserve it. Interestingly enough, Steve, just as a side note, that Malmo's head of security has said that the number of security guards at this state, at this game will be the highest in the history of Malmo's stadium. So they are seriously preparing for a ruckus. Um, they said if supporters try and stop the pitch, the game will be stopped immediately. Uh, it's going to be, what, 20, 21,000 fans roughly in the stadium. Um, it's going to be, it's been described as a high-risk game and I think, you know, it's going to be very, very tasty off off the pitch. I think if you look at it from the point of view as of, of 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 who would be who would you expect to win the title? My preseason prediction was Malmo, but I thought they'd win it quite comfortably, to be honest. And it did look at one point with maybe they ten the first eight games, it looked like they were just going to walk the league, but um, they really stuttered. And I think Elsborg have been really impressive in the way that they've approached the season. No, no one expected them to win the title. You know, they, they've, they've gradually increased their performance levels in the last two, three years. But no one thought they are going to really win it this year, especially. So, um, especially losing Andrejka halfway through the season, one of their main players. So I really think that um, we'll, we'll find out who, who who deserves it, if that makes sense. I mean, in terms of sort of rankings, there's, there's various websites doing rankings at the moment of the teams and, you know, ranking the different players against each other and that kind of thing. And obviously... Um, Busanello has been a key man for, for, for Malmo on the left. You know, Nanasi, as I mentioned earlier, he's been a top player. Uh, then you've got the likes of Boateng, Andrejka, Baidu, Roma, who's obviously left as well. Uh, Lagerbilka, who went to Celtic. You know, Elsborg have had to deal with losing a good number of their players as well. So it's both teams have had little things to deal with. Hugo Larson, 
departing, obviously, um, for Eintracht Frankfurt mid-season for Malmo. So both teams have had real, you know, things to deal with this season. And I just hope we get a game where it's decisive. You know, I, I hope one team either. I hope we don't get. I mean, we're not going to have a VAR decision, thank God. But I just hope whoever wins it deserves it. I hope it's not a controversial thing. Um, but to answer your question, Steve, I, I don't know really. You don't even know who's who's uh, actually going to win it. What's your prediction? I'm I'm tempted to sit on the fence. I mean, if you're really pushing me, uh, I would say Malmo at home. You've got to fancy them in front of their home fans. Um, but I, I, I'm, Elsborg have shown away from home late. They've got the balls to go away and, and win games. Um, I mean, interesting enough, Pontus Janssen came out and said that he's uh, he sent his whole family away for the weekend so that he can concentrate. So, um, you know, he, he, he's got his game face on. Um He's ready. Obviously, he's a massive Malmo fan, isn't he? So this is this is big for him. He said the kids are going away. They'll get an extra night's sleep. Uh, his wife can sleep in the guest room, he said. So, you know, Pontesian is always a bit of a character, one, one for a good quote. Um, so he, he'll be probably in bed now while we're, while we're recording this. But um, I really don't know, Steve. I, I, think, I think you can look at it two ways, Like if I'm being honest. You could say that Malmo might bottle this because there have been certain games this season where they haven't performed. And I, I don't think they've been amazing in, in the second half of the season. I don't think they've really been fantastic. But at the same time, you could say that Elfsborg, have they already bottled it with that that Degelfors game? Because I don't think you could really ask for much more than, especially knowing, Steve, after the Malmo loss, they knew that if they won, they were champions. It wasn't like the games were going on at the same time. They knew what was at stake. They just had to beat Degelfors. They'd have won the league in front of their home fans as well. The fans had a banner prepared. They were ready to celebrate. You know, so it's really hard. To, it's really hard to call. Like in, in a way, in a way, both teams have already bottled it, and in a way, um, they've got one last chance, haven't they? Basically, both of them. So, mm. beauty of football. Yeah, I don't know. You, you're a man for predictions. Maybe I'll let you have have your call. Well, do you know what's interesting? If Malmo don't win the game, they will not have beaten any of the top four this year, which is that's. They definitely wouldn't deserve the title, then, would they? I mean, Hecken have also done the double over Elfsborg, for example. So neither team have been amazing against um, the, the you know the top the other team like Jurgen as well have took points off them both. So really, it's been these two sides are up there because they've uh, been flat track bullies in a lot of games, to be honest. Um, so look, I, I just think Elfsborg have blown it. That was their chance. You don't normally get a second chance in sport very often and um i think that's going to come to bite them but malmo had not been convincing for a while so um they might need that crowd to get them home i think but that's the difference if it was at elfsburg elfsburg i'd have maybe said gone with elfsburg but uh, i think the home crowd might just be the difference the referee might give some questionable calls maybe there's no var so it's on the ref um and uh you know may the best team win the you know it's a big one elfsburg are never going to get another chance to win a title for years, probably, are they? Let's be real. Well, you never know. I mean, they're, they're really doing, they're, they've been really good the last three, four seasons. Um, I mean, one thing I should say is, by the way, I don't know if anyone's had a chance to see this on Twitter, but uh, the Malmo's fans turned up to the last training session with flares and banners, and like mm. they basically made the training session like a, you know, you've seen it a lot in your continental Europe, like. They all turned up to that last training session and were lighting up flares and pyros and everything. Like their their fans are going to be pushing them all away. The um, don't forget they didn't win the league last season, so you know they want their title back. And, and you know they they like to think that it's their their title. 
Um, but for us, this is massive. And I think, I guess when you ask me that question, you're looking for difference makers, aren't you? Who, who's going to settle this game? Like, who would you actually pinpoint and say they will win this match? And I think in a weird way, neither team really has like a a key difference maker that you'd automatically... Betcha would be the one for me, maybe. No, I don't think he's so. got a bit of the skill factor. Maybe, yeah. but he's, I mean, he's, you look. I'm, I'm saying if there's one player that everyone would point out and say, that's your man. I watched Aston Villa at Alkmaar um on Thursday in the Europa League and Sadiq played for for um formerly of Hacken. He played for Alkmaar against Aston Villa at Villa Park. And I was looking at him and thinking, you know, if if it was Hacken play, for example, you'd say Traore or, or Sadiq back in the day. You know, if it was Malmo of a few years ago, for example, you you you'd point out, well, there's one or two players that they had at the time, maybe Kisa Tellin or Christensen or someone like that that you point out and say he's the man that's going to settle this. I don't, I don't really know who's going to settle this game. Maybe it'll be a Pontus Janssen header, Steve, from a corner. Maybe it'll be Johan Larsson might step up. You know, your, your, <laughs> fantasy, your fantasy man. You know, he's been captain, leader. Um, he's good for a goal every now and then. Maybe someone the like big that. Players, a big player. He's a player that's got to step up. Yes, there is a lot of experience in that team as well. And um, yeah, it, it might come. I hope it doesn't come to a mistake. I hope if it's I hope it's won by a, a moment of brilliance. If it is, but inevitably it could be a mistake. Could be the, the determining factor. But one thing we know is it won't be won't be penalties. But it might be a penalty. But it won't be. It's not a cup final, so it's not going to penalties. But um, you never know. Just thank goodness there's no VAR. But what what we have to say is, I mean, it's great, isn't it, Steve? That we've got, for example, the Independent writing about it. Um, it's got a lot of attention, really, hasn't it? And it's going to be one hell of a finale. And I think yeah. it's a good advocate for a 16-team league, by the way, because it allows you a bit of room for this sort of thing to happen, doesn't it? It's, More chance of it, yeah. We seem to have a lot of final day drama in, in Osvenska. Um, mm. And I think maybe that's part of the reason why. Yeah, I agree. Um, elsewhere, there was actually four positions which are already de- decided, which is quite unusual, um, especially with a 16-team league. But Hecken will finish third, whatever. Jorgarten will finish fourth, whatever. Varnamo are in the driving seat for fifth place. A word on them. I think they've been absolutely brilliant. Realistically, probably a point against IE Corps is going to be enough for them to finish fifth. They have no right to be anywhere near fifth with their budget, do they? But they're fully deserving of, of where they've been. Um, it'll be them or Hammerby that get fifth place. Not that fifth place really matters for anything in terms of uh, European positions or anything, but Still, top five. You can't knock that. If it was Varnabo, fair play to them. Well, I don't want to give any spoiler alerts or breaking news, but we might have a bit more than one word on Varnabo in the next week or so. But uh, I won't <laughs> say too much more on that. Stay tuned to Nordic Football Podcasts, Twitter, Patreon, social media pages. But yeah, they've been they've been absolutely phenomenal. Um not much really to say about them. Obviously, Hammerby have lost mm. their manager, Marty Sifuentes. He's gone to QPR, which we talked about on the most recent podcast. Um, you know, Jurgarden have had an, an OK season, ending up maybe potentially fourth, as you've mentioned there. In fact, they will end up fourth. Hacken, Hacken I'm disappointed with them. Just like I, I keep, I've said it for the last few weeks now, I, I think they've missed they've missed the chance really to win the title back to back, in my opinion. Um, and then, yeah, you know, you look further down the league. I mean, we've got to talk about relegation, haven't we, Steve? Well, yeah, it's the 15th and 16th spots are determined. Varberg um, somehow blew a 3-0 lead with 20 minutes to go last week to lose, um, just to sum up their season. 
Uh, Dagger fours are down now. I mean, they, you could say they went down swinging, though, at least. Um, but they're gone. I mean, I've got a feeling they might bounce back, actually, quite uh, quickly. But uh, Bromma Poikana, well, you said, didn't you, that they were, they're the sort of team who can just get a random win out of nowhere, and they did. They beat Mialbi away. That's that's no easy feat. They're on 30 points. EF Core, Jotteborg, were 30, uh, 25 minutes away from securing survival, effectively. But conceded an equaliser to Aikor. And the only, I mean, basically, we're in a situation now where if Bromapoy can have beat Hecken, EF Core have got to go to Varberg and win. Otherwise, they will be in the playoff. That there's still a very slim chance that Aikor could get the playoff, but they'd have to lose heavy to Varnamo. And Bromma would have to beat Hecken heavily, which realistically isn't going to happen. But as they say in poker, when you've got a chip and a chair, anything's possible. But really, we're looking at Bromma Poikina or EF Core. Um, a lot might think, oh, they go to Varberg and easily win. Varberg are terrible. But Varberg actually beat them earlier this season, and there is a local derby at stake. How do you, how do you see these two games go? Will Hecken just roll over? Would they want to see EF Core go down? I mean, they would rather look, their fans would probably rather they lose this game, surely. The dark art, Steve, of football. The dark art. This is why, this is why, this is why football is the greatest game, isn't it? Like, this is. This is Houdini time. I'll be honest with you. This is like ghost time. You couldn't you couldn't write a better final day in the sense of Geist already back up. Congratulations to Geist replacing Degafors. Um a famous historic team in Gothenburg. Gonna be the first time Steve in pod history will be covering Geist. Uh well, Sickens have secured the playoff, I think, as well. Yeah, and and uh Hacken have obviously won the league last season and been in Europe. Could they fold and let EF Core go into the relegation playoff. Now, let's be honest, I think EF Core would probably win the relegation playoff from a bit, like just to kill Joy a little bit. But you know, <laughs> playing Varberg away on the last day as well, that no, pe- people would look like bookmakers. And, you know, in your line of work, Steve, you'd, you'd have that written down as a banker away win. I will tell you for free that is not a banker away win. EF Core might just turn up and beat them and destroy them. But I would say if, the, if there was one game they would not want to have on that last day, it's that game, in my opinion. Mm. You know, psychologically losing that game would be if it if it gets to sort of like 35 minutes and they're not winning the pressure i'm sure they'll take a lot of away fans because it's you know it's, it's only down the road um uh, like Varberg would love to go out and take EFCOR with them that would be you know so i think that's going to be a real game to watch as well um in EFCOR probably need an early goal just to kill just to settle things you know what i mean it's one of those games where mm. they should yeah, they've they got do. more quality on paper but they need to kill that game quick because the longer it goes on I think the more the nerves will come in. Um, but yeah, Steve, we also have to give a shout out to Hamstead, by the way. Three new winners last week against Kalmar. That's secured there. Secured there. Yeah. Safety, which, you know, no one really expected where the game to go. So, you know, they've, big they've, for them. They could have, yeah. they would have been in trouble still. If That's they hadn't a massive win. That. Massive win, I thought. So that, you know, they've, they've basically secured their survival for another year, which is a really big achievement. Um, especially the way they were plummeting earlier in the season. I mean, them and mm. them and Bromont Poikin were like stones, weren't they? Plummeting. They looked in huge. I was really, really worried. I think they deserved to stay up over the whole season. I was really worried that they might blow all their good work at one stage, yeah. but they managed to just do enough. But it's Bromont Poikin that have fallen into that trapdoor. Mm. And uh, listen, Hacken are a bit, they've been poor away from home in the last sort of two, three months. All season, really. So I, I think the Bromont Poikin could beat them, to be honest, especially mm. just having played in Europe. I think that Bromapoy going to win that game. But, um, yeah, I don't think Ifco can be too comfortable. And, yeah, okay, like you said, there's a goal difference swing potentially there. It should be safe, but 
Well, it's one of those where, you know, if there's early goals for Bromer, I've got to be honest, Heck and I thought looked really tired on Thursday against Mulder. Like, it just looked like the whole... It's been a long season. They've played a lot of games in Europe. Um, I think they win the Cup as well earlier in the... I can't remember who actually won the Cup this year. I think it might have been Hecken. Um, But they've had a lot of football. And this Bromer is a very winnable game for Bromer. You know, if they get themselves ahead early, then the pressure's on EF Core. Just say Farnham did go two up. Um, you know, even Icor are feeling the heat a little bit. So there's potential for drama at both ends um, of the table. Um, who's going to finish 14th? Well, in the relegation playoff. Yeah, I mean, who do you think? Do you are you back here? Do you think ultimately EF Core will go to Varberg and get the win? Um, I think. I really, I actually don't, really don't know because I'm looking at this table here, Steve, and uh, Bromer probably can have a worse goal difference. But if they win, and they have caught draw at Varberg, then then they're in, then they're in the relegation playoff. Mm, but, so, which yeah. I think is a scenario that could happen. Bromer probably can have to go all out for it. They have to win. Draws nothing for them. Yeah, so Draws it nothing. really is going to depend on Packen's motivation because mm. if you look at it like from a just purely mm. football perspective. The way it should go is that Bromaboy going to go all out attack. Hacker pick them out apart on the counter attack and, and thrash them. That's how the game would normally go in a normal scenario. But as you've mentioned there, you've got a factor in Europe. You've got a factor in the run of games they've had. You've got a factor in the fact that they don't really care. They've already secured their place. You've got a in Europe this you know for next mm. season. You've got a factor in the fact that if EF Core if they this if it happens and EF Core go down, they really couldn't probably care less. Their fans. Do you not mean the fans aren't going to be bored? Yeah. So there's a lot to factor in there that I think plays into Bromer Poikina's hands. I could actually see the scenario of, of uh, Bromer Poikina getting a draw or a win. Um, it's just going to come down to whether... I, th- I think EF Cole probably will beat Varberg, but I reckon it's going to be nervous. I reckon we could get to 70 minutes and, and it's like the game's up in the air, to be honest. I think Varberg will want to go out with a at least one final performance to sort of show that this season wasn't just a complete disaster. So... Um, who knows? It's, and the funny thing is, Steve, about three or four weeks ago, EF Core were completely safe. They've, 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 mm. they've fallen into this trap. They've done enough. They've basically done... You know that like sometimes you run a race and you think you're at the finish line and you just slow down. Mm. You start looking around like this, you know, your opponents. That's what they've done. They lost at home to Sirius. They've, you know, they've been... They About two or three weeks ago, we thought they were safe. You know, they looked like mathematically they were they were done. And they've just let themselves slide back into it. And that's, all, that's always dangerous because... Psychologically, you can you can switch off, can't you? Well, I think I tell you what I think the problem's been, and um, I actually I know I don't don't blame the manager at all. I think it's club culture. That's what they're like at EF Core. The the whole surroundings they they, they really need to sort themselves out in the off season. Just presuming they're, they're still in Arsvenskan, they really need to sort themselves out because um, I think you know, Jens Berthelaska did a very good job coming in, sorted them out a bit. But again, you know, the players' heads often seem to lose sight of focus at this club. And I think there needs to be a clear out, you know. That's, that's I how I see think, it. I think they will sort themselves out in the summer, in the winter. I think I think if they stay up, you know, some of their signings did give you, the, you know, Santos, I think, has been a good signing maturely. Mm. I think they, they do have the signs of, like, next season. I reckon, you know, they're still a massive club, aren't they? If they if they get a full clear out in the summer, like in the winter, like you said, I think they can go again. But... um yeah, I do agree with you that kind of... I feel like it's coming to an end, their cycle of like really being really... This, I feel like this is as bad as it gets. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, don't, yeah. I can't see it getting much worse than this season, how bad they've been. Yeah. But 
they could fall into that relegation playoff. So, and they're, I wouldn't, they're lucky. They're lucky that this the other two below have been so poor. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they if they finished fourteenth. Utsikan uh, finished third in Super 8, and I think it was a dramatic uh, finale. They scored um, it, it just a 1 0 win. They actually beat Geis last game to secure third place. So, I mean, Utsikan are probably, I mean, the Utsikan EF core would be kind of a crazy game. A, a minnow from the Gothenburg region against a giant. But realistically, Utsikan won from a Poikana, don't they? If they're going to get promoted, that would be the better chance for them. Um, not that I really know much about Utsikam, but it's rather interesting. Um, but this club from the fringes of Gothenburg, um, we could have a lot of Gothenburg teams in uh, House Lenskin in 2024, potentially, with the right uh, draw. We could, we, could, but, um, we could, or we could have <laughs> we could have guys hacking Utsikton, and that's it. <laughs> Imagine that. Well, guys, at the minute, guys are the team with the popcorn, right? They're they're enjoying like they know they're they're there, they're back, and I'm looking forward to talking about guys for next season. I saw a lot of the yeah. core fans say say sort of it's a you know they they were like happy, but it's you know that's a proper rivalry. They were like I saw on Twitter, a lot of them were sort of happy, but saying like bring it on, like can't wait to see you basically, but but they they don't like each other one bit. Just before we go, I suppose I better touch on our Svenskan. The title could be secured in Norway as well on uh, the same day. Um, Budeg Limp just need one more point to secure another title um, and they've got Arlesund at home. So, <laughs> I think the Asian handicap line was minus three on Buda. So, uh, the expectation is they get the job done. They've got a plus 18 goal difference better than Bran anyway. Although they do play Bran next week. So, uh, they, want, they, they want to get the job done now. I would fully expect Budeg Limp to get the point they need to win the title at home to Arlesund and, and they'd relegate Arlesund in the process by doing that. The really big game, though, I think is down at the bottom. It is Volleringer against Starbeck, a local derby, 15th against 14th. I mean, this is probably the most important game between these two for a long time. And um, Volleringer lost their last four. If they lose this, then they really are under significant pressure, Jonathan. So... Uh, a lot of eyes on this um, match in Oslo, 4pm. So after the Arsvenskan title race is done, switch to um, to Volleringa Starbeck uh, for another dramatic match. And I think it's going to be really tight. Bob Bradley looking to do a job. Yeah, I think one other thing before we go, Steve, uh, we've got to talk Nordic Football Podcast Fantasy League. Uh, with one game remaining, I'm just going to read out the top 10. Um, 11 actually, because we've got Norot's Rat Pack is in 11th. He's always up there or thereabouts. Frick Show in 10th, going to the final day, 1762 points. Gerardo Lopez Lozada. Martin Smith, 166 points. Svensson Blues, 1771 points. Mingus in Sweden, Andre Bugiak. Ross Hewson, 1780 in joint sixth with Sam Hart, 1780. Sam Doria, a friend of the pod, Sam Hart there. 1782, James Donnelly, FK Atexi, uh, fifth at the moment. Uh, BK Speed, there's Hakan Rosenberg, 1792. Michael Tilburg in the third, 1798. Larry McKee, 1823. And Sponshi, 1837. So it's looking like probably a three way battle for the title, Steve, maybe, with Sponshi, clear favourite. Um, but yeah. Well, what? What I've noticed this year in in that league, there's um, there's quite a lot of new names in the top five, and yeah, uh, whether they joined, man, they might have joined this year and done well in the past, but uh, 
it's been a, an inter- it's been a strange year where a lot of the regular sort of table toppers have uh, have not done maybe as well as normal. So I think it's been an interesting year, and I've struggled. It's been I've been terrible. I've been really poor. Everyone must have beaten me in this league this year. It's um, it, it just shows you. I mean, Sam Hart. I must say, a big shout out to him, former. Uh, Colleague of ours, and uh, I hope he's doing yeah, well up there. He's had a great year in fantasy. Yeah, you, you just to point that out by the way, last season's champion is uh, <clears throat> was should I say, um, Albi Albin Johansson, the Maggie, and he's currently uh, nowhere to be seen. Actually, he's in um, he's in twenty second place. Haralampos Karatsas as well is in twentieth place. He was he was up there last season um, as one of the top three. Um, he finished uh, second, actually. And Frickshaw, as you mentioned there as well, you know, he's he was third last season and he's now down in tenth. So, yeah, it's been a, there's a few new names there and Sponshi gets the gets over the line. Who knows? I'm happy to say that I've reasserted my dominance over you. You do have one more game week, Steve, to get back into it. But currently, this That's done. That's done. You've got me this year. I've, I, I do, uh, you know, the last three years, I do own a two to one record but yeah you've got you've got me this year i think you've had a, a fairly good solid season um i've been really poor but i, I tell you what i'll be interested to, a good, good question here to a lot of the regular listeners for you know especially those who've been you know battling really high in the fantasy in recent years what kind of what was different about this season to make it challenging for you guys do you think because um it's definitely had a different feel to fantasy this year i must say in sweden a lot of i think you've had to think outside the box a bit to be honest um, which is, I've not coped very well with it at all. Um, but there's been definitely, I've just sent something a bit different, Jonathan. I don't know about you. I've enjoyed it. So yeah, it's nice to nice to sort of um, be back on top of you. But uh, well, where are you overall? You've certainly improved overall as well, haven't you? Not quite going to celebrate yet. It's not done yet, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> It's done. I mean, how many points? I mean, between me and you, there's a lot of points. Your overall rank, you're in the you're three six four six. I mean, if you have a yeah. good final round, you might get in the top three k. Yeah, I'm 29th in the, in the Nordic League, which you know I'll take. <clears throat> I have had a bad few weeks. I, I was aiming for the top 20, but uh, that's not going to happen now. I think maybe top 25 is about as good as it could get for me. But beating you, Steve, is all that matters as far as I'm concerned. So that is the main thing. Yeah, you, but... you got me this year. I'd have to have <laughs> a, a really bizarre... I'd need like someone to score four goals, a random player. And I'd catch last day of the season. Any, anything can happen last day of the season. <laughs> yeah, you never know. But well, well, can, well, we'll have to keep around this leaderboard and see who wins our league. Sponshi is the favourite. Uh, sorry, the leader at this point in time. But he's only got a 15-point lead. A 14-point lead, in fact. So, um, yes, all eyes on that final round. Uh, hope everyone enjoys uh, our Svenskan 20. It always feels weird. It's really early, you know. It just feels really early in the year for it to finish, but it's actually quite normal, isn't it? But uh... Yeah, I mean, just for listeners who are, are, you know, wonder what's going on as well, like, we will still have episodes. Um, Norway's still got a few weeks to run, I think, Steve. We've got a bit yeah. of recapping to do as well. I think, you know, we've still, well, the season's not done yet. Maybe Team of the year, two. things like that. Maybe one or two special interviews coming your way. So stay tuned. We'll still have content. Um, but of course, you know, as I, as I said, this is the last this is the last round, isn't it, in, in Osvenska in 2023. It's been a, mm. been a really exciting season. We've got one game to go. All right. We'll take care, everyone. And we'll see you again very soon. Goodbye. Bye, everyone.